down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. Will you say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort? <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, uh, to, is it tonight? Game seven, game six, games, whatever. The game last five, game, pro- probably, possibly. Five. Game five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's tonight. This is a great introduction of the podcast. <laughs> Me just going completely wild on a final that I actually watched game by game. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be fun. Hey, and if you are interested and you're watching the finals and you're looking for a recap podcast, we're going to do the Daily Ding live tonight. I believe it's Mark Schindler and Mo DeKeel and I uh, breaking down Game 5. So join us live on the Athletic NBA Show feed. would appreciate that very much. Uh, before we start, the, the idea of today's podcast is to run through as many draft prospects as possible. And we're going to tell you are we in or out on these prospects? And we can be very in or very out as well, just to let you guys know where we're at. So it's like a four-grade uh, scale there with players. Um, so we're going to do I that. Can I completely hijack the podcast hmm. immediately? Why? Because this morning I was, this morning and also yesterday, I was watching a little bit of uh, our boy, Buffkin. Um, and boys. Yes, Buffing Boys. And I I was looking at the efficiency at the rim, which is oh. insane. I said, okay, um, let's see in the NBA how many guys are actually elite at finishing at the rim. And so I was fooling around with Synergy. And do you know, just guess how many players in the, um, in the league last year had more than 400 possessions at the rim more than 400 possessions at the rim i don't know 12 i don't know no that's 35 okay so that's a good chunk yeah um how many players of okc are in that list of 35 mm-hmm. four three 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 yeah, three yeah. with Lou dort being just just a bit below 400 Wow. Um, and I was looking at the fishing. Dort, Shea, Who and who's the third? Yeah, go ahead. Giddy? Who's the third? Yeah. Giddy, J-Dub, and Shay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who's the more efficient? J-Dub. J-Dub. Uh, where does he rank? He's like at the, t- like the tip top, right? He's 18th. Together with in the same ballpark as Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam, Lori Markin, Zach Levine, and above him, like is big. The only right? yeah, only bigs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, besides Luka Doncic, and it depends how you qualify um, LeBron James and a clear outlier in Kenyon Martin Jr., who is still playing like a big. Yeah. Um, 
And I mean, to me, that is extremely interesting because finishing at the rim and being extremely efficient at the rim is something that um, OKC predicates a lot in what they do offensively and have three players in 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 this category. And, and even Giddy is not inefficient. He's shooting 57% of the rim. So mm -hmm. it's not great, clearly. Mm -hmm. But it's very efficient offense if you just look at it from a like broad perspective. Like if I generate 55%, 57%, sorry, um, on, on my two-point shots, that is awesome efficiency. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Yeah. I had to... I think it's relevant to to discuss uh, when we think about draft prospects because yeah. like um, even for shooters, I remember us discussing about Trey Young um, and about other shooters in the past and comparing them to Steph Curry. So, mm -hmm. oh, wow, he has Steph numbers on three pointers, like Jordan Hawkins has similar numbers. Um, but the thing that differentiated Steph from most shooters was that he was extremely efficient at yeah. the rim in college and that translates to a t um in the league so i think that um yeah we should keep that in mind yeah no that's a good point it's a really good point buffkin boys stand up that's all i gotta say because the, yeah. the dude is so good 70 percent at the rim is crazy it's crazy talk for a for a guard um I did want to shout out the Thunder made a movie for the, a film festival in Oklahoma City, and it's called Steps, and it's about a college athlete named Derek Lockett, um, who I've met and is an amazing, amazing guy. Um, the film is great. It's on YouTube. You can find it on my uh, Twitter page. I sent a tweet about it earlier today. And I just, it's 15 minutes long. It's its its worth your 15 minutes of, of your day if you've got a little pocket here or there. Um, you can watch it with your family. You can watch it with your kids. It's, uh, it's really cool. It's very inspiring. So I won't say too much about it because I don't want to give too much away, but it's uh, an extremely inspiring story that's not really Thunder-centric, uh, but it's like Oklahoma-centric. So... Please go check it out. Very, very cool story. Um, also, there's obviously there's been the news that Presti's scouting Kulabali and is probably at the game right now that is being played uh, for Mets 92. Is, that game's underway, and I'm sure Sam is at that game right now. Um, scouting Kulabali. Uh, also just drooling over Wimbanyama as well. <laughs> As anybody would do, and I just want to—I just like before we start, just to say that this is like the kind of GM and president of basketball ops that Sam is. I mean, he's been this way since he was uh, with San Antonio. That he just would always put in the extra effort in scouting, and that involved traveling and being in a lot of gyms and being in person to watch whole games of. Uh, of particular players and it doesn't necessarily mean that that's who they're going to draft or like that's who they're after. Um, it's just a unique situation where they're still playing here in June. And if he can be there to get one more look in person to see as many possessions as possible. And uh, I'm sure talk to people around them to see 
uh, what he can learn, you know, like that's a part of this. And so this has been like in Sam's DNA since San Antonio. And so I just, I would just caution people not to like take too much from it. Um, except for the fact that like the, the GM of the thunder is somebody who's got boots on the ground all the time. And somebody who's traveling all the time and is in as many gyms as possible. Um, so just, I just wouldn't take a whole lot away from it other than just like, this is how Sam works. <laughs> like this is just the way that he does his job is that if he can get somewhere to watch a first round talent, like he'll get there. And it's, and may maybe that they really like him, but they like him as a, like a the twentieth best prospect in the draft or whatever. I don't know. I really have no clue. This is all, this is all just like conjecture on my part. But it doesn't mean that they might may not try to acquire him later on because they have, you know, a certain draft profile on a guy. They had one on uh, Victor Oladipo. Really wanted yeah. him. Really tried to acquire him on draft night. Couldn't get it done. But down the road. Um, Loved everything about his personality and the way he played the game and brought him in. So just saying, like this is this is just how Sam Presti works. It's not necessarily indicative of, oh wow, you know, the Thunder and you know, Sam Sam Presti and Kulabali are circling one another kind of thing. Like I wouldn't <laughs> I just wouldn't read too much into it. Yeah, and like this is exactly what you expect from a Toro GM. Um, who really wants to see stuff in person. And, I mean, he can probably hop on a, on a flight, just stay there for two days and be back for every workout he wants to conduct uh, with other prospects. And, and like, watching firsthand, like, a guy who is blossoming into uh, more than just, a, a, like, a simple prospect that plays in the U21 in France, but he's playing... Uh, real basketball right now and it's uh it's a very important moment to evaluate it's it's like the ncaa tournament um it's similar i mean do you draft a guy just because he's good there probably not is is it a data point that if you have in your mind is it better for you probably yes Mm -hmm. and the discussing stuff with the player like or with teammates or with whoever will talk to you that is of any relevance uh that knows kulibali in person then that is good time. Um, so it's again, I would not draw any conclusion. Um, I think that it's it's surely possible that OKC likes him, um, and it's also possible, as you mentioned, that they are maybe they are going there to just making their final evaluation. And say, okay, he we are not there yet, and we yeah. have to be sure that we are not there yet. Uh, this yeah. is also something that is extremely important because if you miss um on the like if you if you don't like the prospect and you, and you need more info to just say okay he's not on the top 12 of my board mm-hmm. then then you have to say it with a certain like certainty there. yeah so yeah and, and i also think for teams it's important to talk to these guys in person if you have mm-hmm. a chance to and most of these guys do they they talk to them throughout the season or they'll speak to them at the combine um like this is also a chance for the Thunder to, you know, face to face probably talk to Bilal and uh, who knows? I, I don't know what him. the like the excess. I mean, in Europe you can probably like in Italy you could probably have a meeting uh, even with a guy that is in, currently in the playoffs. Um, I don't know the policy there. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's yeah. true. Yeah, that may be true where they can't talk to him now. But 
I know it's it, it depends on the content. It depends on the the uh, even how the 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 manager of of that of that uh, I was saying company of that team uh, are actually dealing um, with the day by day of, of these guys. Mm-hmm. So, but but for sure you can you can at least get to get to see him in in a friendly environment, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I think that's totally right. Let's, uh, okay, so let's go to these draft prospects. And I want you to tell me, are you very in, in, out, or very out on particular prospects? So, obviously, Victor Wimbanyama, we're both very in. Yes? Like, I don't think there's yes, very in. No, not much discussion there. Um, Scoot Henderson, I'm very in. I am very in as well. Okay. I mean, we Brent, don't have to discuss Brandon it. Miller as a player, I would say I'm very in. Uh, yeah. All the other stuff that I'm not privy to that is going to be so important, like the sit-down conversations between Brandon Miller and like all the background stuff on him is going to be outrageously important. And so I don't want to yeah. touch too much on that. Um, Sam Vecini and I talked about it on his show last week. Yeah, on Game great Theory, show. If you want to, to check that out. Um. But yeah, I'll just say I'm in. What about Amin Thompson for the Thunder? Where are you today on him? He's kind of depending on who you read or listen to or talk to, like he he's just kind of all over the map in a lot of ways. Yeah, um I need more info to be very in. I think that in general, if you can draft a guy that is projected as a top five guy. And you have intel that he's a good worker. I think that you draft him and then you decide how to make it work. Um, I think that the man Thompson can work in the league. Um, uh, depend. It, it clearly depends on the shot and also the roster construction. Yeah. Um, but Ben Simmons was once upon a time an All NBA guy, and then other stuff um, happened. It's not that Ben Simmons is not a player that can be an All NBA, and if we look at that story from a like from afar, and we just scroll the roster of the Sixers, it's not that they put Ben in the best position to succeed. Yeah. Like they didn't have too much shooting. I mean, Joel is not a great shooter. He's a good shooter for he's a very good shooter for for his position, but he's mm-hmm. not the guy that people will actually fly and stay glued to him outside of the 3.9. Same with Tobias. Tobias is a good shooter. Um, I think that you would guard him with a little bit of space. It's not Steph. And and then sometimes they they were playing Matisse, Tybal. Like, where is the spacing for a guy like that? Um, And so, can Amen Thompson work with the Thunder? Yes. Um, Can he work uh, in tandem with Josh Giddy? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, can they? Can you play him with Dort and Josh Giddy? Probably not, um, unless the two, unless someone becomes a really good shooter. Um, can he be the third slash second slash best player of the Thunder in five years? Yeah, that's possible. So I, I would be, I would be in. Um, I, I I would love to, to 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 have the possibility to just sit in the gym for like two days and, and watch him shooting the basketball mm-hmm. um, to to be sure. But I think that with that level of athleticism and talent and IQ and 
just live dribbleability is it's hard to say like i'm not varying yeah just talent alone it's hard to be out on him because he is he i think he can play the way the thunder want to play in mm-hmm. like a rhythmic style and so it's hard to be out on him but it is tough because you ask people about his shooting and it's just like a tear from the many people that I've gotten a chance to talk to. It just feels like it's a tear below even like Jairus Walker, Anthony Black and all those guys. Oh, yeah. And it's, it just might be a bridge too far, especially if he needs to have the ball in his hands. Like That's when it's like, okay, are we really doing a, a service to the thunder itself by bringing in a guy who really needs to be the man on a team that has an all-NBA guard, a rising third-year guard that's six foot eight and can do so much with the ball and can help you so much. And also, it's taken touches away from J-Dub as well. And so... Look at you, talking about non-shooting. I'll, 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 I'll use mirror on that I when we are discussing Anthony Black. Yeah, I just wonder... If, and we just don't know about OT either. Like, it, playing yeah. for OT is a weird choice. Like, it, it definitely is. It's a weird way to go about it. And yeah. I don't, I don't like OTE. I hate watching it. I don't know what to do with it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And like, would Emin Thompson's representatives be okay with him, like, coming off the bench somewhere? Is no. I mean, it doesn't feel like they would be okay with that. And maybe Anthony Black's wouldn't either. I just feel like Anthony Black might be a little bit more amenable because the dude just like wants to win. And like may yeah. may be willing to do that. Where like and I don't have information that says Amin Thompson would say no. Mm-hmm. But that might be what that might be the best thing for the Thunder, though. And like the idea yeah. of like having him or Anthony Black coming off the bench where it's like, hey, Josh Giddy's out of the game. Now we have a men Thompson coming in. It's like, oh, okay, like let's roll. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's there are ways for it to work. Just like I talk myself into Anthony Black, there are ways for this to work with him. Mm-hmm. But with the shooting just being at a just a tier lower, it's just hard for me to be very in. And so I'm gonna say I'm in. Um, yeah. Uh, let's go to Cam Whitmore. Where are you at on yeah. Cam Whitmore? I'm, I don't know. I'm out. I'm, I'm out on bringing in Cam Whitmore to the Thunder. I'm out on the idea. I just don't think he plays the style of basketball that they want to play. I can don't, we include like a grade where I'm just basically? I don't know. I'm. I'm not in. I'm not out. I'm just whatever. No, no. You okay. have to be. This is black or white. But we we include the shades of gray. Of gray, like it's it's out or very out. Why yeah. can I be like just? I don't know, completely uninspired by the idea of Kim Whitmore. Um, I, I tend to be out as well. Yeah. I just don't think a guy who doesn't pass and like doesn't have, um, doesn't have the, the ability to play in that kind of offense, at least today, I just would be very surprised if, the, if he, came here. And also he has like star potential. Yeah. And like are the Thunder wanting to put a star potential player on this team that doesn't pass? 
Well, yeah, depending on how how late in the clock he gets the ball. <laughs> it's it's like MPJ. Um, I told you, I'm not sure on this podcast or another one, probably another it. one. Yeah. Um, to me, it's very similar to to just get MPJ. Mm-hmm. He's not a passer. MPJ. He, the thing about MPJ though versus Cam Whitmore, MPJ is like six ten. Yeah, but that that's irrelevant for it this. It is for this not. Topic. It is not. It is not. He he doesn't play six ten. He he will he will rebound and the the length on his yeah without the length of defense offense. without the we, length he he's not the same defender yeah but we are talking mainly offense I'm also Come talking on, defense talking, with Cam like I'm not I'm not a super believer in what he can do defensively he can be, he can he can yeah but even MPJ I mean in college you were not batting on his defense oh no he was like, terrible to, to, yeah exactly so to and and he can be okay here. Yeah, in the league, but it's not yeah, that yeah. he's guarding some like super gifted. No, if you have a perimeter no. player that is tall and gifted, that that is not the guy that MPJ will get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. That's what KCP gets. No, I get exactly. it. Exactly. KCP it. or or AG, but not not MPJ. Yeah, but so, his his you can't deny that his length is like one of the only things working in his favor on defense. Yes, he's tall. And, he's tall, and that is less bad on defense. Tall, um, tall is helpful, and also for the shot too, shooting over guys. Although he's clanked every single three he shot in the finals. Sure, but like if he when he's good, like when he's productive on offense, he is helpful because he can get buckets. Yeah, even and he's, without, a, and he's a high level shooter. Where I'm just, are we positive that Cam Whitmore is going to be a high no, level shooter? If he if he if he was, I, I would I would have been like in. That's I think that's why, why I, that, Brandon Miller is actually a pretty good passer too, which is why I would be still be very in on him. Yeah, but, but if I don't have mid as an option, then I'm probably more out than in. Yeah. Well, just just say it. Just say you're out. I'm out. Let's <laughs> see him turning into Anthony Edwards tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, and here's the thing: is like we're going to be wrong about somebody. Just yeah. flat out, we're going to be it's wrong. Probably him. We're going to be wrong on the guys we're out on. We're going to be wrong about the guys that we're in on. Like that's just the nature of the draft. Yeah. And if you I'll be terribly wrong on Grady Dick, by the way. Oh, terribly. We'll, we'll get to I'm him. I'm going we'll, to be extremely disappointed. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, Asar yeah. Thompson. I'm kind of in. Oh, I'm I'm in. I'm um, I'm, I'm I think I'm way in actually. That's. So that is based on nothing. Like I watched the two shooting the basketball, and yes, there is there are differences. It's not based on nothing. It's not based on nothing. But keep going. It's based on on basically nothing. It's not. Uh, But keep going. (laughs) One guy is shooting a little bit more, therefore people think that he's better at it. I don't know. I watched them shooting the basketball, and yes, like a man is a little bit more robotic than than a sarp. Yeah. But it's not. It's very different. It's, like, and it's, it's not necessarily based on the shooting itself. It's, and if it's not the shooting, then it's just hey, I'm used to be off ball because my brother is better than me. Yes, it's he's more of a connective tissue type of player. Like he's definitely more. Like if you were to compare anybody, and this is an unfair comp because the dude is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Has been awesome, but Andre Iguodala, um, he's probably closer to that than almost anybody in the draft. And like if you could put somebody that's like that 
on your team that is just going to make plays, be super athletic, play on the wing. He can probably come off the bench, um, and maybe eventually re- replace Dort uh, in the starting lineup. Like that's Whoa. if he progresses in the way that he should, and he's an all like people. Some people think he has all star capabilities. Like mm. you shouldn't, you should not hold that guy back. But I'm just saying, like if. And he'd obviously be a trade-up candidate. Like, the guy's not going to last to 12. Um, Are you sure? I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm sure. I'm like 80% sure. Hmm. Maybe not to 12, but he may be a guy that is there at 8. Yeah, oh, nine. 8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even 10. And the Thunder just call and say, all right, Berton's in 10 for 12. Yeah. And they yeah, can yeah. just absorb it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't see how we are like lukewarm on a man Thompson and varying on Osaka. I'm still in. I'm still in on I'm I'm in on a man Thompson. Okay. I'm just okay, very okay, okay. in on somebody that like he passes well, he defends. Some think he can shoot better. I'm kind of with you where I'm I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That, but to me it's both I, guys. Yeah, I I like both. I do like both of them. I do like both of them. Hmm. Um, okay, uh, Jairus Walker. Um, qualify in general or as a trade-up candidate? In general. <laughs> then I'm in. Yeah, I'm in as well. I, the defense stuff is tremendous. Yeah. And he would really help the Thunder in a lot of ways. Maybe not immediately, but down the road for sure. I think he would help quite a bit on the defensive end. Offensively, there's still a lot of questions to be answered about his shooting and about his fit, but he can pass. He can play some out of the high post. Is he going to be aggressive enough going to the rim? Like, there's just, I just have a lot of questions about him, but I'm still in. Yeah. To me, it's it's more about like if he's there at twelve, then I'm very in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah. he would be value there. I would I would draft him yeah. um, without blinking twice. Um, well, depending who's there, mm-hmm. but if I have to pay and move up, I would not be as comfortable. Yeah, I would I would pay and move up to 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 grab Scoot to grab, of course, Wemby, Brandon Miller, with the Thompson brothers. Uh, it depends. It really depends on the price. Um, I would not be extremely comfortable in doing that. Um, no Whitmore, absolutely no. Um, Walker, I would not pay too much. If it's Bertans, then yeah, probably so. Yeah, but it's it's already something where, oh, I need to see what's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hendrix. Yeah, a little bit more into, maybe a slightly more into. Than, than, than Walker. Um, I'm flip flopping between the two. Uh, when I watch when I watch him shooting off the off uh, like uh, curl and stuff, I said, "Oh, I like that." And then I see maybe a fumble past or possessions where he's not able to keep in front uh, when he switched. And he's less of a versatile defender than than Walker, but he's surely a more versatile offensive player than Walker. And I, I have no doubts that he can work 
uh, as our friend James Anderson is saying in chat, he's more close to the role that MPJ has um, with, with Denver. I think that he can be even a bit more involved in some of the actions uh, than the general MPJ experience. Um, so I would be actually a little bit more in than, than Walker. Yeah. Yeah, I also flip-flop on these two. Um, and I don't... Uh, the defense stuff with with Walker is awesome. Hendricks as a shooter, I think that I think that I probably today would rather have Hendricks just because of the shooting. Yeah, and he's more ready made to to play on this team today. If we're trying to maximize what the Thunder can do next year, probably give me Taylor Hendricks. If we want to buy into the upside of a of Jairus Walker, fine. I also just Hendricks is taller. Yeah, and I like that. <laughs> he can play. He can play the five. Just simply. Um, yeah, and, and like I will phrase it this way: If the team of the future has the abilities of the team right now, yeah. which is something that we don't hope to that to be true because we want players to evolve. Then Hendricks fits to a T. You can slide him in the starting unit. He can play him off the bench. You can do whatever you like. Yeah. Like concord every lineup that you that you want. Hey, that that fits with Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Kenrich, Dort, Giddy, Hendricks, and and Chet. Wow, it works. Um, if you ha- if you put Jaros Walker there, say, hey, that shooting is a little bit like if you have four non-shooters on the court then I know, that, that is I not know. great that's kind of with Hendrix, yeah yeah you can play whatever lineup um you need rim protection great you need like him him playing the four okay you, you, he can space the court so i see him as a very versatile fit yeah um and someone that eventually can close game for you games for you if he, if he improves as a as a one-on-one defender on the perimeter, which is something that Walker already has, I think. Mm-hmm. I would just be surprised if he was somebody that they would expend assets to get just because he's not the guy who's making tons of decisions with the ball. Yeah. My only cons to that is something that I think you discussed with, I don't remember, um, probably spins. Spins? Chuck? Not Chuck, uh, either Spins or someone else. And Chuck had some the wild fa- takes, some wild, wild takes about Hendricks. I, I really love that podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, I think that once upon a time, we were discussing um, Trey Murphy as, ah, he doesn't make too many decisions with I the know, ball. He, he is just strictly a shooter, but he's tall, nice. And then he comes to the league. He has most, more space. He starts to generate space with his three ball and so he has more opportunities to open uh, a live three ball opportunity and and he changes a bit he is not like a super duper high level decision maker that can touch the ball in every moment of the game and get you something good but he's a guy that can make decision when he gets a spot up opportunity or he can make a cut a cut to the basket and i think that Hendricks can do that as well um so I would I would actually be a little bit I would go probably all the way in with Hendrix. The idea makes a lot of sense. I just can't shake the doesn't make decisions with the basketball thing and I just 
I would just be surprised to see it. And I also would be so happy if he was wearing a Thunder uniform in the yeah. fall because I just think that he can he can make a, a big difference. Um, his athleticism would make a difference on the team, the shooting. Um, yeah. Yeah, and again, I can't shake uh, from the top of my head that if you have players that fit together, you can maximize both. Well, both players, if you take two or like yeah. the entire crew, if they work well together. Yeah. If you have someone that is like on another tier or another like uh, rhythm, then it messes up mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, it's true. Uh, okay. Anthony Black. I'm I'm way in, all the way in. That's, I just... No, I'm not all the way in. I'm... I'm in. I'm more in than out, but I'm not. I'm not all the way there. Yeah. Um, I think it's super duper risky to have another player that you can't play uh, in normal lineups. That you have to. I know you have to take players in order for him to fit, which is something that I, I don't necessarily like. And then it depends on what you want to do with your roster. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you can easily play Dort. Giddy and Black together. Not even if you have like Steph and Clay. I'm a little more optimistic on him than that. Um, the, sh- the shooting is clearly. bad. Bad. He's got a ways to go, for sure. He's got a ways yeah. to go. I just, and I believe in his hyper competitiveness is a part of it. I love Ross the is hyper competitive. Hyper competitive. So is Giddy. And the shooting of Russ was much, much better. Never, ever, ever able to be a really good three point shooter. Russ was also not, never willing to take the step, to take a step back, to take a step forward. You know, that's what Josh Giddy is doing right now. And so they have set, what's kind of cool about this team is they have set a precedent for development. Hmm. And I don't know if, Anthony Black would come in and jump right in line. But if he sees that, like, Giddy's a guy that he clearly looks up to. He mentions he mentioned him in an interview with Shams. He mentions him on this, like, YouTube short thing that he did with one of his buddies. Like, he talks about him a lot. And the precedent that's being set in Oklahoma City now is that, hey, I'm willing to work on my jump shot and to tweak it as needed in order to get better. And sometimes it's going to get worse before it gets better. And and oftentimes that is the case. And Russ was not willing to do that. And so... No, no, that, that is completely fair. Um, but even if Giddy next year shots 38% from three, and I'm saying, wow, wild number. Wow. It will be probably two, three seasons before he can really space the court. Yeah. If... He's ever going to be able to, yeah, uh, because of like quickness, because of a lot of other things, um, and and to have another player that has to do that kind of, because again, if you want to maximize your team, you need to have elite shooters, and Jada may be a very good shooter. Chet may be. You have a lot of maybe, and then you have question marks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's very risky, yeah, and unnecessary, like. In order to to make this team great, I don't. I'm not sure that you need 
Anthony Black. I'm sure that having a decision maker is really important. Yeah. It's really, really important. Because he, I mean, again, it's uh, Bruce Brown versus MPJ in the last quarter of game four. I mean, it was, hey, we need a guy that when he gets the ball, boom, makes the decision. Mm -hmm. uh, attacks. When Bruce he, Brown when was a point guard it. at Miami, you know. Yeah. University yeah, of Miami. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, these guys are important. Very important. Mm -hmm. Do we need to draft Anthony Black? I'm, I'm not sure. I just love him as a player, yeah, no, just in true. general. And I understand the fit concerns with the Thunder. Are There's a lot. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Anthony Black fits everything they need. He doesn't. He actually yeah. creates more problems for you at the beginning than solutions. But I just kind of believe in the ceiling of a player like this. And that could come in and eventually figure it out. Um, you know, the fit with Shea and Giddy wasn't great, you know, the whole time. But when it started to click this past year a little bit, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can see it. And, and like the exactly. And the upside. And when did it click? That's the point to me. When they played small. Yeah. And they had all the space in the world. Um, yeah. No, I get there, it. There I totally get many, it. Yeah. Yeah, but there are many good, very good places where I think that Indiana, for example, is awesome for black. Oh yeah. I you like have Tyrese. You have Mathering. You have. You need a guy that is a super duper high level connector piece who can just be on ball, be off ball, who, whatever they need him to be. Yeah. Playing hard defense. Just, just like play with Mathering so that he doesn't take the ball and, and, and dribble, dribble, dribble uh, all the time. That is awesome for him. Um, playing with a center that can actually shoot the basketball, that is perfect. I just, I, I don't have many doubts that Anthony Black would be a very good NBA player. I, I just don't. Mm -hmm. I think that the the path to greatness in OKC is harder than some other places. And, I would agree. And maybe unnecessary hard. I would agree. With all of that, I've I wouldn't deny any of that at all. Um, I'm just a believer in Anthony Black, like through and through, as somebody that's going to succeed in the NBA. And I just want successful NBA players on the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. sure. And no, that's that's great. It will require a player like Anthony Black coming onto the Thunder. It will require great sacrifice in order to get the best outcome. And what about Jada possessions that you and were it, and it, using it an excuse not to draft a man Thompson? It will be, and, and maybe it's just the fact that I'm more comfortable evaluating the SEC mm -hmm. than, <laughs> than whatever they're playing in, you know, with OTE. And it may be the case that if, I mean, Thompson was playing in the SEC and I got to see him play like in the tournament. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. There were just moments where he just, where Anthony Black would just lock guys down. It was like, hey, Grady Dick, you're not, you're actually not even in this game anymore. By the yeah, way. not Jordan Hawkins. Too bad. But, but yeah, it happened. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, okay. On to the next one. Speaking of Grady Dick. What about Grady Dick? Where are you at? 
on him? Uh, I'm between all the way in and in. I just, I just would love for OKC to draft a guy that that, that it slides out. And and I agree with Sam Bassini that if he is 39% from three, 38, 39% from three, compared to 42, 45, it's very different. And we saw it with Isaiah Joe firsthand. If you are 45, wow. <laughs> like if he's that level of a shooter, like to me, like be- between 39 and 41, it's more than enough, depending on the volume. If he, if he can hoist seven trees per game at 39%, just sign me up. Yeah. It would be so easy to make that team work so easy. And it's the same reason why, oh, he's like Portland. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm messing with everything right now. Denver was so good in the regular season with MPJ hitting 41% of his trees. That yeah. is so important. Yeah. You have an avenue like a release valve that you can always get to that gives you buckets. Yeah. And and it would be just very simple. Can he be on the court in every closing situations? No. Can he be in some? I believe so. Can yeah. he pass the ball? Yes. He's a great passer? No. No. Can he be a little bit on closeouts? Yes, he can. He's also very competitive. Yeah. Now, I don't know if the free-flowing, I actually do know uh, that the free-flowing basketball that OKC sometimes wants to to play, like instead of, hey, you need to set the screen there, then run, then come back. No, this is not the way in which OKC wants to play basketball. And to some extent, I didn't see that in Grady Dick game. Say, okay, I'm in transition. I'm doing that. But it's also what I see from a guy that is, again, starting for a team that is in the finals. Yeah. With MPJ, it's clear. Now I'm driving. Now I'm screening. Now I'm doing this. And it's very predictable. Yeah. But he's 6'10, 6'11, and he can shoot everything yeah. that he touches. Dick is very similar in that. Mm-hmm. Shorter. And I like him too. I'm in. I wouldn't say I'm all the way in. Um, just because it's similar um, to Taylor Hendricks. Like, you can just see the fit. Could you, I mean, you can ask any team in the league, could you use a 6'7 shooter? I think every team would be like, yep. Is he 6'7 or 6'8? Come on, 6'8. Is he 6'8? Is yeah. that what he measured at in the combine? In shoes, yes. Okay. 6'8. I think so. I mean, I... He would... I mean, are you comfortable with him being a shooter off the bench? Drafting a guy who's going to come off the bench and like probably in year one doesn't close many games. Like I'm fine with that. Yeah. Does he want to start? Great. Just play better defense than anyone anyone that is starting and or be better than Giddy, which is not the case. So yeah, I I like him. I I don't. I would be surprised if the thunder, if the Thunder took him, but if they did take him. I think it means that they're confident that he's going to be like a, just a sick, like 45% shooter. And if he's that, yeah. then it can, I mean, look at Duncan Robinson. Like Duncan Robinson is not anything, <laughs> you know, he's not supposed to be there. He wasn't playing in the regular season at all, but he closes games for the heat in the playoffs, yeah. in the finals. And that is the only, that, that is why I'm not all the way in. Um, it's because of guys like Duncan Robinson mm-hmm. that if you pay 
a protected 2025 OKC pick that is a top 20 protected, and if it doesn't convey, it's a two second rounders, you can probably get Duncan Robinson. And he's surely a 40% shooter. Yeah. He's 6'6 six, six or whatever. Um, and this is why I, my only cons is do you need to draft him at 12? Yeah. And the answer is probably not. How much Marcus Sasser is worse for OKC than Graydick in terms of <sighs> plug and play shooter? And I'm exaggerating things. I mean, Sasser is a, is a lot shorter. Of course. Like of a course. lot. And yeah. yes, you, like he, can, he can shoot. I mean, I don't know what he measured at at the combine, but not that tall, I don't think. No, no, it's not It's not 6'8", for sure. Um, I have 6'4 in my mind. Um, Sasser's not, I don't think he's 6'4". Um, yeah, then, then it's, but, but again, it, like shooters, you can find shooters that are between 6'4". Four and six six. Yeah. Um, well, I have one already. Is, is two inches like worthy of a top ten pick? Maybe. 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 But it, but you need to be better than just. If he's just taller as a Joe, uh, then it, then then it's a no for me. It's not being all the way in. If it, yeah. if it if it comes to you and you don't have you don't like anybody I'm else, seeing six two for Sasser. Yeah, then it's 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 small. Just sorry. Um, yeah, it's it's not. I, I was thinking about like, a, like that's probably, the thing is like there's just not a lot of like great shooting in here outside of he and Hawkins. Yeah, and Hendricks. If you're yeah. a Hendricks, but Hendricks, I, I don't think that Hendricks is the same level shooter than Hawkins. And, and but he Dick. also doesn't have to be because he brings other things. Yeah. We're like, yeah. if Hawkins and Grady Dick are not elite shooters, then like, what are they? Yeah, like they're probably yeah, but they will be probably aren't they getting will be elite shooters. We'll see. I don't have many doubts on them being shooters. Hawkins, I don't necessarily have doubts on. Grady, I have doubts on Grady. Dick. I think Grady. I mean, if he's a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter for his career, are you surprised? No, but that's good enough, depending on the volume. But it's not great. Like, but come on, thirty-eight percent on seven attempts—that is, it's a that good, that's a, a good shooter. I just think if you're drafting this guy in the lottery, you need him to be a great shooter. Forty, yeah, plus. possibly. It depends on how people will guard him more than the, the actual result. I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that theory. If you if you know that you if you leave Dick wide open, he is a fifty percent shooter, and he will take ten trees, you will guard him. But guys, guard. 38% three-point shooters versus 45% three-point shooters differently. You have Same to. way, depending on the volume. I don't know. Like, Clay is not a 45% shooter. I don't know what it is for his career, but he <coughs> had, like, a lot of season 37, 38, 39. It's about being a machine if he starts to hit. Do you think Dick will be that guy? No, I'm not saying that he will be that guy. I'm saying that it's not like between 38 and 42. It's about... Clay's a 41.6% three-point shooter for his career. Clay? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's th almost four percentage points difference. Yeah. I mean, Clay's had a... Like, before he got hurt, 17, 18, he was 44%. Yeah. He was 44% in 15... I mean, yeah. I mean, he shot below 40% one time. 
Yeah, I thought I thought they did like a couple. But yeah. Just once. Um I don't know. I, I do think that you guard guys that are volume shooters above thirty seven percent in a relevant way. I don't know. I kinda think you do. Would you would you suck off of a guy that is shooting thirty eight percent? Really? One point twenty like it's one if I'm trying to stop Shea Gildas Alexander from getting to the rim, maybe. But it's one point four 14 points per possessions like that is that is elite offense it's, it's not good it's elite like it's not very different than shooting 50 it's actually the same as shooting like 57 percent at the rim which is yeah okay algar shape perfect it will be wide open yeah i don't know i i'm not like yeah, of course. Forty percent is better. It's one point two, which is. Like I'm talking forty-five. I'm not saying forty. I'm not saying forty is my threshold. I'm saying like, give me like somebody who's like gonna be when the ball hits his hands, he's nearly automatic. If he, if Grady Dick, what I'm saying is, if the Thunder believe that that's what Grady Dick can be, that he can be like forty-two to forty-three to forty-five percent from three like in his prime, and he's taking eight threes per game, like sign me up. Get me there. Yeah. But it's seven percentage. If it's seven percentage points worse, I'm I'm not totally sure. That's all. Okay. That's all. Just okay. Okay. That's all. I, I just think that generating between 1.15 and 1.20 points per possession on offense on trees, it's yeah. elite in the league. Oh, it's great. It's great. I just don't know that. I I just it's think elite. Can, it's not great. It's elite. I think it you can. It's awesome. I think you can find. I think you can find guys though, and the Thunder have proven that. Not six eight guys. Not six eight guys. That's true. But maybe you could. I mean, is Duncan Robinson going to be somebody that you can't trade for? Yeah, that's that's the point. Um, is that is that is the main point? Like you could go get of you being, could not. I I'm not all the way in. Yeah, I'm in. You could probably get Dun, you could probably get Duncan. You can go get Bertans. Like you want to get Bertans, he's probably shoot thirty eight percent for you. On come on, Bertans is uninspiring. I'm just saying, like he'll probably shoot thirty eight percent from three for the Thunder next year. Yeah, but it's not not in the same way. You know that you cannot play Bertans. I think that Grady gets. Not enough love for the fact that he actually competes on defense. Yeah, I'm 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 not sold. Okay. Uh okay, let's fire through these. We got kind of stuck there. <laughs> it's your fault, not mine. <laughs> oh, it's actually my fault, okay. I admit that. No, it's not. It's my fault. It's just really funny. Um Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. 
David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Okay, Case and Wallace. I'm I'm actually like way in on Case and Wallace. I just like the um, all around ability of him. I believe in the shot. I don't love that he's only like six four, but um, as like a guard off the bench who's got some upside defensive ability, like knows like is going to play hard. Like I like that guy. If he's at twelve, like yeah, sign me up. Yeah, it's it's actually the same for me. Like we we don't we don't talk much about him, but he would be a process. Say, oh, okay, it'd be great. He fits right away. He gives me some aside. Yeah. He if 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 tomorrow Lou Dort wants thirty five millions, I can probably have an answer for him. It is no because I have Kazun that, that that does like similar things, not exactly the same. Um, and he's he better can, offensively. At least projects to be better offensively than Dort. Um, yeah, yeah, and and yeah, you said that he said that, okay. I, I did not, but he did. Um, um, and and he is probably a guy that like Shea sits one night. Okay, you can start a guy like this and probably play good enough offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I like him. Uh, okay, Hawkins. I'm in. I'm not all the way in, but I'm in. Uh, I just love the movement shooter. Yeah. Um, I I am afraid of. For Hawkins, I am very afraid of the of the finishing. Yeah, he he was terrible. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's that is the thing that that worries me the most. Yeah. Also, the size, the defense. I, it's it's based. I'm out. not. I'm less scared about that. I'm more scared about the inability to finish. Yeah. Also, he's like, tell me how much different is he going to be than Isaiah Joe? Oh, he moves way better than Isaiah Joe. How much more of an impact will that make? Is it worth a lottery pick? Mm, if he, if the like when he doesn't shoot what 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 he is kind of thing is what we saw. No, yeah, he's not worth it. Yeah, but uh, it's not about the defense. It's about more like hey, if you can't get a shot off because. The defender that is in front of you is better than what you had since like the college days, then I'm afraid that he just can't do anything. Yeah. Not even pass. Mm-hmm. Which which is not something that I I'm afraid of with, with uh Gradic, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Keontae George. Yeah, I'm out. I think I'm out as well. I I don't like the size. I don't like the profile of a gunner that OKC doesn't necessarily need. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much he brings in other things that OKC may need. Yeah. Nick Smith? Kind of the same. Uh, I, feel the same I, w- I would love for him to return to college. Yeah. I just don't feel like I know enough about yeah, him. Yeah, and draft him next year. There's some people that really like him. There's some people that don't understand it. I'm I'm just like, I don't I don't know. The stuff we saw at Arkansas was not tremendous. And Vestini says that he's like one of the worst defenders he's ever evaluated <laughs> so i'm just like okay uh don't sign me up for that um that's a title that he shares with uh griffin yeah that true. is also what he said about aj true. so being worse than aj is actually not great yeah uh kobe buffkin obviously weigh in on kobe buffkin. i'm all in six five works out with shea can shoot can pass can dribble will defend um it's kind of like why like there's there's no reason to not be in on him, in my opinion. Yeah. 
there's just a lot to like. We've talked about him a lot. Uh, and we yeah. and this is somebody that we agree on, so we don't really even have to talk that much about him. Do you have anything? No. Okay. Uh, Hood Scafino. I'm I've been out and I, he's right, way out. He's rising right now. Like he's rising. Um ESPN put out their like best available players today. And he was like I threw up in my mouth a little bit when I saw where he was. He set twelve. Okay. Um, the the shot making is something for Hudskifino. Um, Kobe Bufkin's at eighteen. I, I don't understand that. Bilal Kulabali is at eleven. Yeah, that I get more because of the hype. But I don't know what's but, going on with Hudskifino. Like, I don't that's know. a weird one to me. That's just like straight up a weird one. I need to go watch him again. I remember our first evaluation of him was like, Ugh. no, I don't. It, I actually spent a lot of time on Hudskifino because I I saw him there and said. Why? I, I really need to get to, to everything I can because I need to understand. And the shot making can be incredible. Yeah. Do you know who had a, like a very good shot making profile and was taller and better defense? Johnny Davis. Yeah. And I think that he's a worse prospect than Johnny Davis. Yeah. Can he, can, if the shot making translates, great. I, I'm mm -hmm. not the guy who's going to bet on that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I think I'm out um, on him as well. Uh, okay, uh, Bryce Sensaba. Sensaba. I, I think that I have these two guys basically as one. Yeah, Skifina and Sensaba. Yeah, probably Sensaba is was a little bit better in my mind. Better but, scorer, yeah. but like yeah. kind of a black hole. Yeah, I, I, him, Jed Howard, guys like that. I'm the defense. I'm, I'm kind of out on. Uh, Okay, Leonard Miller, I'm in on. I like the potential versatility at the four slash three position. I like the length, the rebounding I love. If he shoots, then he's the steal of the draft. If he doesn't shoot, then he's just kind of like an energy big. Like, I don't really don't know. Define if he shoots. What do you have in mind? Just enough to bend the defense and for people to care. Like, give me an example of a player that has that kind of profile and Jeremy Grant the shooting. Okay, that's not a low bar. No, it's not a low bar. It's a high bar. I would actually let Jeremy shoot the basketball if I have to guard someone else. Yeah, even today, so it doesn't really bend. Yeah, I would play. I would play like if I'm guarding like a, a guy like Curry. Mm -hmm. I'm probably shadowing him making contact at any point of his offensive possession. Mm -hmm. If I'm guarding J-Dub, well, that J-Dub is not a good example. Um, if I'm guarding Isaiah Joe, I'm playing three feet from him. Mm -hmm. Where I'm there, I'm not helping, but I'm actually like edging my defense a bit. Not yeah. With you know, Leonard Miller, I would be six feet away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly to start with. With Jeremy Grant. Jim, you know Jeremy and Grant shot from three this year? I know that the percentage is very good. It's very good. 40%. Yeah. How many attempts? Six. That's good. It's good. 
would you defend him in a different way, like Clay? Would I defend him like Clay? No, you're just like illustrating my point from earlier. That I'm fine with like a guy who I... But it's not because of the 40. It's because of the type of the shots. Those are mostly catch-and-shoot attempts off of other guys. And not like, he will never take 14. With Clay, he can take 14. It's more about... I think I definitely think it's more about the attempts and the type of attempts. But Yeah. yeah. Jeremy Grant took like 11. That, then, then Jeremy, Grant, Jeremy Grant took 11 up. against the Clippers. Okay. <laughs> okay. If he if he's Jeremy Grant from three, great. I think that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Be, I would a, take him at 12. I would too. It's a great outcome for him. It's yeah. a that's an awesome outcome for him. A bigger, stronger Jeremy Grant is actually a great player. Oh yeah, it's an awesome player. Uh Derek Lively, the second. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in on like the theoretical, which kind of scares me. Not way in. Probably no. I'm closer to out than I am to way in. Just because oh. I, I just don't know if I yeah. buy the shooting as like a real thing. Me neither. I have no idea. I, I don't know like why I should. 15 times. Yeah. Um, Chris Murray. Oh no. No. I'm please out. no. I'm kind of out. Uh Jet Howard. Uh no out. Out. Gigi Jackson. Well, it depends. Oh. It depends. Oh. Where? At oh. twelve? No. If they trade back and get both the Nets picks, if they trade twenty one twelve for twenty one and twenty two. That would be gross. <laughs> um I, I think I think that if you this is something that OGC will never do. Uh, because they are clearly not taking two players um, this year, or at least not clearly. But yeah, I would if he's there at twenty nine, and you can somehow get like a pick between twenty five and thirty five, and say okay, you, like you will not play, but if you show me that you can guard like a chair, then I may give you a chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that he will take time. I'm not sure he's a bad player. Yeah, he will take time for sure. Um, we'll do a few more and then we'll go. Uh, Gigi Jackson out. Rayon Rupert. Uh, I'm in, but closer to out than very in. Uh, you are in on Rupert, like as if 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 they draft him, you would be happy. Yeah, I just kind of I like the the tools that he has. I like the tenacity. I like the size on the wing. Okay. You know, if he works out, like it's awesome. But there's also like he's got a he's got a wide variance on what happens with his career. Certainly, he's risky. Yeah. He's very risky. Um, same with Bilal Kulabali. Like he's he's risky. It's a risky proposition. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm about the same. I'm in. I'm not very in, but I'm in. And also a little confused because he doesn't make decisions either um but you I, I i do think that with um with repair um it's a byproduct on of the play of the team he was playing for yeah i said it many times uh if you look at how they play it's a mess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it is 
Um, okay, the Thunder don't have the 37th pick anymore, which we can talk about real quick because they traded it to the Nuggets for that pick, the the worst of their first rounders next year, and then mm-hmm. another second. Um, so for the 2029 pick, which we don't know the protections on, I assume these are like very favorable to Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. We don't have any information on that yet. Um, but my assumption is they're extremely favorable for OKC. And this is a good trade for both teams in which I don't like who won the trade. I don't know. We won't know for a long time um, who actually won the trade, but it's really good for Denver because they get cost controlled players faster and it's good yeah. for the thunder in that like how many 2029 picks have even been dealt? Like those picks are not those picks are actually not easy to acquire today um, from anybody. And I like the strategy of the Thunder. The Thunder did the exact same thing with Houston. They did the exact same thing with the Clippers. Is that they picked teams that were going to be at the tip top and said, "Let's give us your picks, but as far away as possible." And that gives you the variance of like what's going to happen now. Right now, you're thinking, like, wow, we just traded all this stuff for the, the 30th pick in the draft. Like, this team's about to win the title. And 2029 is a long way away. You don't know what you're going to get with that pick. Yeah, think about the Warriors when they drafted, when they took KD. Mm-hmm. Like, it lasted three years. Yeah, you just don't know. And then they had two horrible years. Imagine if in 2016, you trade with Golden State... Yeah. For a 2021 top five protected pick. Yeah. And you get or, the eighth and pick. You draft, and you have the possibility. Well, no, that eighth draft, pick was uh, Minnesota's pick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that pick. Yeah. Um, And you draft Franz Wagner. Yeah. You just don't know. It's, it's a great deal for both teams. It's a great deal for the Thunder in that. One, they move assets now that they don't really need for one in the future, which becomes very valuable because in that year, they'll have their own pick and that Denver pick now. And being able to take two first-rounders at the trade deadline or before the season and to trade those, you can get something real, real, real in a trade. And then also, maybe they're at the point where they're doing really well and they don't really need anything. Well, you can draft somebody. Yeah. And have a cheap contract. Let's say that they're in negotiations with somebody with one of their role players and they've got to let them go because it's going to be too expensive because they're in that second apron. Well, now you can just bring in somebody and if they can play like Christian Brown for the Nuggets, awesome. Yeah. And they, you don't even need a premium pick to get those kind of guys. No, so no, that's, it's that's extreme, the point. It's extremely valuable. Acquiring a 29 pick just doesn't really happen right now. And so it's 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 great it's great for the Thunder and that the Thunder right now are not only thinking about themselves today, but they're thinking about the team and the roster. I mean, who knows who's even gonna like is Mark Degnault still coaching the team in twenty nine? Are they rebuilding in twenty nine? Like we have no clue what is gonna happen then. But all it yeah. does is set the Thunder up for the future so so well. I do think it's more of an investment in this group than it is anything else, but it just gives you so much flexibility. It's just looking out for the the health, the overall health of the organization 
is to push that and to get a pick that could be extremely valuable then. So like that's what it's for. It's a great deal. Um, and it's a great deal for Denver because Denver gets something that they need desperately. They, they could pick. There are guys that are going to be good. And, and also this. Getting into the second round is not going to be that hard if the Thunder just have, if they just on draft night, they're like, oh my gosh, we love Kobe Brown. Or we think Amari Bailey is somebody that we need to, to go get. Or Andre Jackson Jr. is somebody that we need. Getting a second round pick is not that hard. <laughs> so I think yeah. that if they just had to get into the second round to get somebody, they could do it. Um, and they have the 50th pick as well. So like they can they can get into that part of the second round if they really need to, um, but this is way more about not this is not about necessarily about roster spots. This is more about the the future of the Thunder really mattering to the people that are in the building now, um, and it's it's actually pretty cool. So, um, all right, McKelly, that's a lot. That's a lot for a Monday. But bomb. I need. 30 seconds. Yeah, go ahead. Would you guard Damian Lillard? Shadowing him or leaving him three feet away? <laughs> A pull-up shooter is so different. <laughs> Come on. We, we didn't discuss that, though. Pull-up shooter is so different. No, I, I was looking into three points per minute. Yeah. And if you, if you look at players who have more than like if you if you scroll through the first you don't find Jeremy Grant in the top 25 yeah. or top yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. taking 0. 0.16 threes per minute. Who's the best pull-up shooter in this draft? Like who's the best pull-up three-point shooter in this draft? Oh, that's a good question. Like Grady and 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 Hawkins are not great pull-up shooters. They can do that. It's probably Miller. I guess. I mean, he can pull up. But but like like Dame is not a forty percent shooter. Dame is just a volume shooter. He's volume and he's and he's pull up though. Like pull, I think pull up shooters it just like it just matters on a different level. Sure, but like take Steph. He's taking 0.33 trees per minute. <laughs> like like Clay is at 0.32. Yeah. This is this is what I mean by. Volume is way more important. Like yeah. Malik Beasley is shooting 36%. Would you leave Malik Beasley alone? The teams did, and also the Lakers did too. Alone on the bench, on his butt. <laughs> that that is that is a totally different, different uh, <laughs> point of view. You know, you know who's uh, who's sixth? In, no, fifth. Sorry, in three pointers attempt. Um, per minute. I don't. It's Lindy Waters. Oh, let's go, and then Lindy. Top tender is Isaiah Joe. Point I like Lindy. Man, I hope Lindy works out. I hope Lindy is our Duncan Robinson next year. Maybe Lindy just... is below that threshold, though. I know he L- is. Lindy is, is. thirty five point eight percent. That is not good cares. enough. Nobody cares about Lindy Waters. Same is same is Bones. Except like for me. if Bones is a forty percent shooter, thirty eight, thirty nine, he's yeah. a great player at thirty six. Not so much. Yeah. Let it fly. Let it fly, Bones. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it's uh it's tough. The the three point percentages and like volume and everything, you have to like kind of adjust your brain because yeah. it like the league is changing so fast. Yeah. Um so I would be perfectly fine if Grady takes 
0.33s per minute and should and 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 is like 38 <laughs> I think it's it would be more than okay. That's a great way to end the podcast. Hope you guys have an awesome day. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, again, go check out the Thunder's video. I'm I, I have no reason to promote this other than the fact that I thought it was awesome. Um, so please go check that out. Uh, we are going to have a draft party, by the way. Um, it will be. Let me. I'm going to put out more details later. Um, but it will be at Fassler Hall, night of the draft on the 22nd of June. We will be there. We are going to have special made glasses for this event that will have the Down to Dunk logo and Lively Beerworks logo on it too. So Lively is going to help us out with this event again. Um, so would love to have you guys out to su- to support um, these local businesses. Honestly, it's just a great way to support local businesses and to get together and support the podcast and just hang out. So be there faster hall. You don't want to trust me on draft night when the thunder make a big trade to get number eight, because they're trying to get Grady Dick on the thunder because they think he can shoot 38% on seven attempts per game that you want to, you want to be there with people that understand it. You don't want to be sitting there with your significant other and your kids and like trying to explain to them how cool this is. And they're like, all right, honey. And they're just like, whatever, patting you on the back and you're all excited. You want to be there so you can holler with all your friends and make new friends. I know people that have made friends at these events and it is so cool to be able to uh, just bring people together. It's a free event. And it's on the night of the draft, June 22nd. It's a Thursday night. So just make plans. If you live in Tulsa, make plans. Be there. Um, If you live uh, anywhere else, make plans. Be there. I hope you guys have a great day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.